0: Go out there and have courage with who you are and own who you are. The transparency and honesty is going to carry you so much farther than any amount of wealth uh, or self-prestige that you can think of.
1: Hello and welcome to episode eight of the 50 Cups of Coffee podcast. I am your host, Bobby Audley. I am a speaker and trainer with the Pinot Training Group, where we work with teams and organizations looking to create powerful, positive, peak performance team cultures. This podcast is a show that was inspired by my 2016 TEDx Talk called the 50 Cups of Coffee Challenge. Go check that out on YouTube if you haven't already. In the talk, I challenge you to sit down for a conversation with 50 people in a year. That number might sound big until you fully appreciate this is not all about networking. It is about connection. Connect with your kids, your spouse, your friends, your family. Connect, connect, connect. This is a message we need now more than ever. I do not know where you are listening from. Our audience is across the United States and in nine countries total. But here in Maryland where I live, we are about one week into our social distancing campaign to help stop the spread of COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus. During this time, we need to be more intentional than ever before about ensuring we connect with our community as we stay home. If you are home with your kids right now, take this as an opportunity to get to know them better and help them get to know you better. One of my favorite stories from Ryan, Is that after one of our team trainings, he had a young participant go home and say to his dad, Dad, tell me your life story. One of the activities we do in the training. His dad looked at him and said, What are you talking about? And his son said, Tell me your life story. I know nothing about you. They then sat at the dinner table and talked for hours. I make the joke in my keynotes that his dad at the end probably said, geez, I I didn't think you cared about any of this stuff. And the son would look at him and say, I didn't, but I should care. You have the time. Use it well. Take on the 50 Cups of Coffee Challenge with those you live with and virtually with those you don't. I am actually getting more requests than usual for meetups, virtual of course, and it's because we are learning. We really do need each other even if simply to connect. To do our part to help out small businesses struggling during this time of social distancing, I am going to be shouting out some of my favorite coffee shops where you can buy their coffee online during this time to get some great coffee and support that business whose retail operations have had to close. If you are going to be attempting to work from home, you better be well caffeinated if that's your thing and treat yourself well to a great tasting cup of coffee. These are not ads, and we are not sponsored by any of the shops I mention. These are simply favorites of mine. First up is a coffee company that is a favorite of mine for two reasons. Number one, a friend from growing up. Her husband is part of the company. Always support your friends. And number two, their mission is to celebrate small moments. For me, that's what it's all about. The coffee company is called Roast Umber. And you can find their coffee at www.RoastUmber.com, R-O-A-S-T-U-M-B-E-R.com. 10% of every purchase is donated to Earth Conservation, and right now, they have a buy one, get one free promotion. Head on over to RoastUmber.com to grab two bags of coffee for the price of one. Again, not an ad or paid sponsorship, just trying to do my part to help out small businesses during this time. For those of you who are keeping track, I said the last episode was episode six. It was actually seven. I did not give the best of February episode an official number and that got me all sorts of confused, but we are back on track. This is episode eight. For episode eight, I am able to stay true to my desire to making these interviews all in person because I recorded this interview months ago. However, Be prepared for some Zoom or Skype interviews in the future, as I am anticipating this virus lasting long enough to make that necessary to keep the show going, and I certainly do not want to put the brakes on the show, especially with some of the guests that I have coming up. But for now, we do have another in-person conversation. For today's episode, I sit down with entrepreneur and friend Shane Yeager. Shane is the co-founder of Digital Creative Visionaries, or DCViz. DC Viz is a complete video production service company that Shane co-founded with his girlfriend, Celine D'Estacio. During my cup of coffee with Shane, Celine was in the room and you will hear her jump in and offer great story ideas for Shane to share. Together, Shane and Celine have built a company that has been named on Entrepreneur Magazine's Best Company list in 2018. Each year, Entrepreneur Magazine identifies businesses that are mastering the art and science of growing a business. Their words. They said they look at revenue and customers, management efficiency, innovation, financial evaluation, and business valuation. And in 2018, DC Visionaries made the list. Shane and Celine have worked with the U.S. Coast Guard, MasterCard, the Appcom, which is a personal favorite of mine for meditation. If that's something you could use right now, again, uh, a plug that isn't paid for in any way, go check out the AppCom, Calm, C-A-L-M. They've worked with Doritos, Blink, NPR, and that is just to name a few. These are two entrepreneurs to follow. I interview Shane for this episode because Shane and I met in college and he actually created my first demo video as a speaker. A video I hope no one can find anymore. Not because of Shane. He did a great job. It's, however, a long time ago for me and I hope I've improved considerably then as, since then as a speaker. Last thing I will say before we dive in, Since Shane and I are friends, we went a bit all over the place at times, and I did my best to edit this episode effectively so that it flows nicely for you. Per usual, the first 15 minutes or so is so you can get to know Shane and the business. After that is all content. I ask my final question, do you have a cool 50 cups of coffee story? At about the 40 minute mark, and there's another 20 minutes of the show after that because Shane has tremendous 50 Cup stories. And again, I cut them pretty sharp so that the story is there. So if you notice some, if you're a keen listener to audio and you notice some quick kind of break lines from one point to the other, it's because I was looking to get all these stories in there and keeping these episodes around an hour. As you are about to learn for yourself, This man is a connector, and no matter who you are, you will learn something new from Shane about connecting. Please enjoy my cup of coffee with Shane Yeager. Uh,
0: One thing about me is I don't have a college degree. Um, I I quit Salisbury University uh, two years in. It was it was a good start to my career, but um, why I was at Salisbury, I would I met this guy on
1: online. Uh, did you, had, no, right. no, no, no. Go you, ahead. Did you drop out to start your business or what? Oh, a part of the story. You're getting there? So, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, right. I'll get there. Selfishly, I've always wanted to know this. So no, no, no fine, fine, <laughs> fine.
0: Yeah. Um, so I was I was commuting from Salisbury to Bethesda, Maryland, uh, two or three times a week. So I do that like hour and a half, two while hour student. drive. While student, okay. Yeah, doing. I took all my classes at night. And I would drive uh, to this guy's office, and uh, I would help edit. And after about two and a half, three weeks of that, uh, he looks at me and he goes, you know, you might have to quit school. And I said, why? And he said, do you want to go around the world with the Beach Boys? I said, yes, I do. <laughs> and he goes, how old are you? And I, I just turned 21 at the time. And he's like, great, because you had to be 21 to go on this trip. Uh, there's this new camera. It's called the C300. Do you know how to use it? I'm like, yep. And I had no clue how to use yeah. it. And I went home and I read the manual and I'm like, oh my god, this is this is amazing. So I, I I called a professor at Salisbury, who some may know. Her name's Paul Morris, and I talked to her and I said, Paul, what what should I do? And she, there's the silence. You called the right professor. For oh, that. Mo- yeah. most definitely. Yeah. She was friends of my my roommate, etc. And uh, and she goes, uh, why are you calling me? Go. <laughs> School's always going to be there, man. What are you crazy? That's great. So yeah, she advised me. She said definitely got to quit this. I I told my professors and they were like. Why are you talking to me? Get on the bus. Go. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, yeah, I, I through just this meeting and putting in those hours of driving, you know, at the time, people thought I was just crazy. They're like, what are you dumb doing this for free? Driving all these miles. I mean, this is costing you. So you, you money. were
1: literally, you were on the road with the Beach Boys? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like we traveled. on a tour and So, so, so it was
0: them? the 50th anniversary tour. It was Brian Wilson, Mike Love, and we traveled all around the world. We did all the major venues in the United States, and then we went into Europe. And I mean, this was, you know, weeks at a time. Um, I mean, I've been to them all. Red Rocks, Oslo, Norway, uh, the beautiful venue that's in uh, England, we're all Albert Hall. I mean, on the stage, you know, you feel, there, there's. I, I can't even explain it when you go to a, I mean, it's like the Beatles, right? You go to the major sold-out venue, you're 40,000 people in, in, or is it, Utah, at the Ring of Fire Festival, and you're standing on stage with the Beach Boys, you feel like you're part of the event, right? Like, yeah. they, like people came to see you. And that gave me such a rush. I'm like, there is no possible way I could do anything else in my life. I have to be in this business. Yeah. This is incredible. But it all came from just driving those hours, having this meeting, constantly looking for someone to talk to. How did you meet this guy
1: again? How was, what was that?
0: I think it was a mutual connection. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Yeah. I, or my roommate, Zach, said, oh, there's this guy in Bethesda. He's in this green incubator. You should go talk to him. Okay. And it was one guy in, the, in, the, in an office. No idea that it would lead to this.
1: Yeah. So what did you do after that tour?
0: You So I worked I worked with him then for two years and then uh, met Slee at this film festival and said, you know, I think we can take the vision farther and bigger and she was on the same page. Yeah. And we said, let's do it. So we are digital creative visionaries DCV. Uh we're a video production agency. So we build out the entire uh full funnel marketing a solution for brands. We'll go into a brand and say, here's how we can do the top of the funnel, which is advertising, more the middle middle of the funnel, uh, which is more of your supplemental content, and then bottom of the funnel, which is the content that will uh, convert leads to paying customers. And we work with small and enterprise or medium and enterprise businesses, uh, helping them pro- or helping provide that solution. Uh, we're a small team here in Washington, D.C., uh, started with two people, Celine and I, and, and we've grown ever since. And when did you guys start? Uh, Two thousand and fourteen okay yeah 2014.
1: and one of my um, one of my favorite stories of your your origin and, and a big reason I wanted to interview you for this fifty cups of coffee podcast is your uh, the story of uh, going to that was it a convention or a conference or a trade show dressed as superheroes uh, if you could tell tell us that story and why you did that and what it did for you.
0: So what we started, We it was Celine and I, and we had uh, two other guys, uh, Jake and Steve, who said, you know what? We, we want to be part of this company. This is going to be excellent. So uh, Steve and I left our prior employer to start uh, DC Visionaries. Um, Celine also left, and then a friend of ours is on the Eastern Shore. And we said, you know, what is a way to be so weird that we'll have to polarize our audience and we'll have to get attention? And when you start a business, we didn't want to just go in and say, oh, yeah, we're just the other video people, and this is what we do. So... Uh, at the time, this is when Marvel was just starting to get big. This whole superhero craze was was just starting, and we said, "Why don't we just do something weird? Why don't we Why don't we become superheroes? We're superhero marketers. We're superhero video production people, and uh, we created our own costumes. We went on Amazon. We went to the, to uh, the Goodwill <laughs> and put together these you know these costumes, and uh, we went to uh, a video trade show, and we or we went to a video yeah it was a, a show off your demo reel. So all, all the people in the video industry of DC were there. And uh, we stood up and we showed up as superheroes. And 50% of the room was like, hell yeah, these guys are crazy. (laughs) I love this. And the other 50 were like, why are you in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, did uh, you have
1: a demo reel? Or did you we did. Have something we did. To we sell had. We work? had. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. We had stuff from from prior that we showed, but we stood yeah. up and did a Q and A, and I have pictures of it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What,
1: what was the Q and A like? You had a step like that was. Oh,
0: we had to talk about our company. We had to okay. talk about our reel. Okay, who so we you, work you with. Got
1: an ab- everyone got an ability to kind of get up there and do your Q and A and your pitch, that, but you showed right. up dressed as superheroes.
0: So I looked like uh, you know a, a different version of the Green Arrow. And I had my hood up, and I showed up with painted under my eyes, you know, and uh, said, yeah, this is who we are, and these are the clients that we have. And some of the clients were, I mean, these are big Fortune 500 companies, so it was kind of a head turn of, who the hell are they're hiring these people? And then after that, it just it set the tone. We got—we actually got a lot of work and referrals to Kickstarter company. Yeah, We went from haggling with low pay, no pay, to we actually were... We got business from. Did it. you ever? Yeah. Did you
1: ever do that again? Did you ever show up to a, a, a trade <laughs> show, with, or was that just kind of your way to, to get an initial head nod?
0: <laughs> that was our initial mic drop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, we actually we got so busy afterwards that uh, we just we, we didn't even have to do it. It was mm-hmm. still our branding. We kept it for about a year and a half, and then
1: well, so the branding was literally superhero. We had our yeah.
0: superhero pictures on our website, and yeah. we had fake origin stories, and then we just evolved from there.
1: Yeah. And I think part of when, when you first told me that story, part of what I, when I look at what you all do, um, it, it is an industry that can be put into a box of videography. You, you sure. make videos, sure. What makes you different than the other guy? And so, you know, talk about what you said you wanted, you, you didn't want to just be another video company. What does that mean? What, what is your approach to when you're working with a client, uh, content creation? What's your approach? What's your belief philosophy? What's your ideal client?
0: Mm. Big big question. So we'll break it down. Uh, I think the the big challenge in the video industry right now is there, there's two ways to look at your, your video production person or your creative partner. And that's either, are they a strategist or are they an engineer? And there's a lot of video production people who are absolutely incredible engineers. They know how to work the technology the best. They know how to create uh, and use that tech, but they're not Thinking from a higher level business perspective, they're not thinking from a strategy perspective. They're—if you want to take a military example—they're incredible soldiers and sergeants, but they're not the generals, right? So where we we come in, and where we found right away that we're we're pretty good at the, the creative side. We definitely are able to get the job done, but we're very good at understanding the strategy and coming up with with solutions, unique solutions for clients' problems, and looking at that from you know uh every day 30 days at a time and then looking at it at two years at a time and you know we get a lot of head turns in meetings when we start to talk to them well let's talk about you know your your funding goals let's talk about these questions that they wouldn't expect to get asked from a video production person they're thinking we're going to create videos where we're thinking we're going to grow your business mm-hmm. and think about that from a very tactical or a very strategic perspective um so that's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, so I guess <laughs> what, what sticks out to me is that is a, a business model where you are looking, correct me if I'm wrong, you're looking to create a relationship with the individuals you're working with. This isn't just a transaction of let me create a video for you and then you you do it what you will. You're building a relationship. So if that's true, how do you approach the world of sales when you are trying to build, like you said, you're, you're, in, you're starting to give them projections of two years out, um, what is your sales process when you're looking to build a relationship with someone versus just create a video and then be done with it?
0: The biggest qualifier for us, at least right away is am I being looked at as a commodity or am I being looked to as a strategic advisor or someone whose opinion is very important and to value someone's opinion and, and, and value, frankly, the relationship, uh, it takes trust, right? So looking for, Individuals who understand that it's not going to be an overnight solution, understanding that there will be pain involved in the relationship, and that's part of growing, and understanding that it's a long-term process. So we we right away try to ask our, our clients, and our essentially most of our clients are end up being her friends because we get to be such on, on such a great relationship level with them. Um, but but we ask them, are you okay with turning this into a learning process? Are you okay knowing that? There will be decisions that we either make mutually or that we have made that may not always turn out perfect, but that we are still moving the needle mm-hmm. and we're still moving, moving your revenue forward, right? We are creating some type of growth, but it's just test and learn, test and learn, test and learn. And uh, it, yeah, I mean, it takes a great friend and a great partner and someone who understands that we're there for their best interest.
1: And obviously you run into folks that are maybe looking for that or excited when they realize it's sure. the business. Sure. Do you have an example of a, uh, an organization uh, that and you have to name names, but that maybe early on wasn't was looking for just a videographer, not to put not to say just, a but just looking for that transaction. And, and you were able to get them to lean into the partnership.
0: I can, I can give you I can give you a, a different example yeah. uh, that's in the same vein, but has grown into this incredible relationship, and it has to do with one of our uh, bigger marquee clients, and that's the United States Coast Guard. And how that worked, it's we don't hold the the government contract for the Coast Guard, but we work through an agency uh, called LMD. And this was let's flashback two years ago. Uh, we were at the Rockville Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I didn't even want to go to the event that night, but Celine said, "No, you got to go." And our friend invited us. I said, "Okay." So we sat at a table, uh, and there was this really nice, nice woman who sat next to me. We had a great conversation. Uh, Her name is Karen, and she she ended up, she was the principal of LMD Agency. So I thought nothing of it. We had a great conversation, a couple laughs, and okay. And I just said to her in that meeting, I I was practicing something about being very direct on what you want. And I was kind of a, I don't want to say law of attraction uh, you know, hippy-dippy type thing. But I, I just said, why don't I just make it very clear? So I walked up and I said, Karen, you know, I know you're in the government contracting space. I'm in Washington, D.C. I have no government contracts, and I want to win government work. How can we work together? She's like, let me think about that. I didn't hear from her for two years. I'm like, well, I guess a lot of thinking went down on that because <laughs> I was out of mind, out of place. So we, we went to South Carolina to follow the eclipse, to, to film it, and uh, I'm on my way back. My alternator blows out in in Virginia Beach. We pull in. We're exhausted. You know, we're grumpy. We're trying to figure this out. Every tow truck is booked, and I'm in this this uh, uh, little gas station with you know tumbleweeds around me. And I get this phone call. I pick a random number and I pick up, and I'm like, "Yeah, what do you need?" <laughs> and here it's Karen. Is that how from- you answer
1: the phone. Yeah, what do you need? <laughs> well, in this in this case, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I'm like,
0: who could this be? It's a random number. It's probably a telemarketer, you know. And it's like, oh. Uh, hi, Shane, this is Karen. Uh, did I catch you at a bad time? I'm like, well, I'm uh, hanging out in my car with a burned out alternator. But yeah, what, what do you want to talk about? And she goes, well, uh, I have to ask you, would you do a 30 minute video for free? So I'm thinking, here we go. All this stuff's going on. Now I have to make a video for free. I'm like, okay, well, what is it about? She goes, well, we need to do a pitch for the US Coast Guard. Uh, you know, I want you involved in this. You want to government work. Uh, if we get it, it's going to be about a $45 million contract. And I said, done. <laughs> Let's do the 30-minute video. Okay. She's like, well, it's not guaranteed, and it's going to be many days of work to get this done. I said, I don't care. We're going to do it. So they came to our office. They, they filmed everything for this RFP. It was this you 30-minute know, video answer to the RFP. And uh, about f- uh, three months later, we get a call. And they go, uh, well, we won. I said, what? And they're like, well, you're going to be the vendor for all the video. We just loved working with your team. Let's do it. Let's try it. So we, we go down to, uh, this is about another couple months later, and our first job we go to, uh, 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 it was for the port security unit in Petaluma in Florida, and uh, we film. We have this, this, this excellent, uh, excellent shoot, and uh, the, the account rep calls us, and he goes, well, the Coast Guard, they just, they just weren't happy. They just weren't happy with the whole flow. They they said you guys were you know were too slow you weren't you, you know you weren't you weren't getting it done quick enough and they're like I don't know about this we get a call two hours later and they said oh but they saw the final cut you're hired for every other job <laughs> <laughs> nice. they said they totally understand it they had no idea the difference from cinema video to right. what they had which was one guy with a handy cam
1: right
0: and uh, since then we've just built this incredible relationship both with the client the Coast Guard and the agency to the point where where we're able to provide them with ideas, we're able to share you know, what we've learned, what we need to improve. Right. And it's just the transparency has created some of the best advertisements that the Coast Guard has ever seen. And, what and was, they've said this.
1: What was that original event that you didn't want to go to up in Rockville? Oh, Just like... a Chamber of Commerce event. Okay. Just a
0: local event that you know, we, we were kind of moving into D.C., we we're getting out of the Rockville market. Um, and I, I just, I don't know why we were invited to this thing, but a friend of ours invited us.
1: Yeah. Why did you not want to go?
0: I don't know. I, I think we had other work we had to do, and I was just, just being a whiner. No, that's
1: why I ask because I think for the most part, it's it's kind of this concept of you know, you, even if even if you're the most extroverted, connector kind of person, you still don't want to waste your own time. And and if you go to an event like that, that nothing comes from you can you probably did for two years. Well, you know, you, you get to a point.
0: You get to a point after you've run your own business for a while, where you've done all these networking events, and you're like, okay. I've, I can't run into any more insurance and bankers. I, yeah. I just can't run into any more of these guys. And uh, you, the, but then you realize, and you take a step back, and you're like, yes, but say yes to everything because you just don't know, right? Start, was that
1: your approach at the time? Is was. Is that why you were going was, to those, those chambers? Was yeah, kind of saying I yes mean, to all these sure. opportunities I mean, for connection? Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, you don't... Uh, what did you go to? What were, like, in addition to Rockville Chamber, what is, are what is some of the other stuff you're, you were going to to start the business?
0: Selene and I were, were at a point where we would go on Eventbrite and we would look at every single event that was going on because we were here in D.C. I mean, it's a happening place for events. And we would say yay or nay and go down the list and try to fill our days when we had no production of let's just meet people. Because we just knew that relationships, D.C. especially, is run on relationships. Mm-hmm. And if you're not meeting people constantly, stirring the pot, yeah, you, you just don't know. Right. And there was a lot that we started our business. Neither. of Well, I didn't. I've never had a real job. I've started companies my whole time so I'm self-taught and everything and I didn't have that corporate experience Celine had some corporate experience but still not in the ad agency world and we knew that there was a lot we didn't know right and there's a lot that we had to test so we're like what's what better way to test it than take your pitch go to a networking event pitch it see Mm -hmm. people walk away refine it people stay great Right. improve improve, keep improve. you know so how
1: do you how do you do, you know when you're starting out you're going you're going on Eventbrite, and you're finding as many places you can go to <laughs> and many people as you can talk to right now you're at a point you know that was 2014 2019 you're i imagine you're busy enough you're traveling enough you're all Very. over the country doing this work Very. how do you keep that same uh philosophy approach to obviously building those relationships matters and and not only that the core of my question too is is we spent 2 hours talking today That's i right. can't imagine I'm the only one you do that with. You're not you're not cutting them off at. Hey, this was a 30 minute meeting. We're done. You're you're serving people. You're talking to people. You're engaging with people, both you and Celine. So, how do you manage that while while traveling and run? You're running the business. How are you also building the business at the same time?
0: Sure. I mean, we use LinkedIn to its full capacity. That's for sure. Uh, and we we find very targeted people. We reach out to them and we say, Hey, we're in this town. We're here now. Talk about that.
1: So, you use LinkedIn to its full capacity. You're targeting people, reaching out, walk people through that because I think a lot of people. All right. Don't All even right. know. Celine, can I give step. away the
0: secret sauce? Yeah. No, I'm giving away the secret sauce. So I don't <laughs> care. This is your piece of advice. There you go. So what we've what we've done, we use a software that's called DuckSoup. And what DuckSoup allows us to do is send inv- invitation requests uh, about 250 per day or less if you want. But uh, what we can do with that then is use that with LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So we go on to LinkedIn sales navigator. We would say, well, let's just, we did this in Denver and it worked out wonderful. So we said, we're going to Denver. We're a week away from that trip. We would go in duck soup. We'd say, we want to talk to marketing managers, uh, of 500 or 50 to 200, uh, person companies. So we select that. I think there was like 400. You then write a canned message. In this case, it was you know personalized, but more general of, Hey, this is our company. This is why we should talk. If you're interested, let's sit down and let's sit down and chat. This isn't a this isn't a sales meeting. It's just we're new to Denver. We're out of our city. We should just talk. You never know. I'm always stunned at the reply, especially when it's written with with real intention and we actually do genuinely want to meet these people. We're not trying to turn them into sales right away. Um, I think Celine's inbox had forty some messages. We couldn't meet enough people. We filled up every day. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're, man- we're able to manage that. Yes, we're there on our business shoot. We finish that and then we hang around and we, then we make these connections. Right. But we are, I mean, like your 50 cups of coffee speech, we are adamant about meeting as many people as possible. When
1: you're meeting those 40 people, is that, are you going to their place of business? Are you meeting? Oh, it the all depends. Shop? You yeah. talking over the phone. It's, it's whatever works for them. I mean, we try
0: to get it in person. Yeah. I think there's nothing better than an in-person meeting. Yeah. Um, I think that the human touch point, a handshake, a pat in the back, a hug, whatever it may be, it can alter a relationship drastically.
1: hmm I, I've, I've said this before and it's, it's, uh it is, i don't want to i don't want to sound more arrogant than i am but but there's truth to this my in person close rate is almost 100% i can think of one client that i met with in person that didn't become a client and it wasn't because uh it was it was an allocation of resources decision they they didn't go with another speaker or trainer they decided to spend that money differently. And so I could have done a better job explaining why we were the the good use of that. And uh, maybe that's what they needed to do at that time. So when I look at that, I only share that to say uh, that I have become obsessed with the power of in-person conversations. I will, I will, and I've said this on other podcasts, this will be a reiterating story I tell, but I will, I started doing emails to coaches when I wanted to specifically get in with athletic teams. And what I found was Coaches would respond and they'd be willing to connect, but over the phone. I'd say, I just want to talk, just, to, you know, it was mm-hmm. always over the phone. Mm-hmm. And there was just a disconnect there that I didn't care for. So I wanted to meet in person. So what I started putting in the subject line of the email was, I'm swinging through your area. And I would literally put the area, whatever it was, I'm swinging through Pittsburgh, yep. I'm yep. swinging through Des Moines. And then the email was simply, Hey, I'm going to be passing through your area. Since that's the case, would you be willing to sit down for 30 minutes? And a a ton of coaches responded saying absolutely since you're in town and I had no intention of being in town so then I did it basically for the entire month of December, this was a couple years ago just drove across like I went as far as Iowa and drove up through Chicago and then through Pittsburgh, then through Delaware and I'm back and a number of clients. And I, when I got there, I was, tra- they loved the story. When I got there, they're like, what are you doing in town? I go, yes. I, I am here because I wanted to meet with you. They, and every single one of them thought they like that. They liked the initiative. They liked the willingness to do that. And the all of our conversations lasted almost an hour, if not more. When you're in person, you can stretch it out. And there's just a level of connection that doesn't exist in any other form, in my opinion. And And so that has become you know it's it's the blessing and the curse because you've got to find as many ways to have those in person connections as possible you know for this podcast i've been wanting to do everything in person uh-huh, and uh-huh. i'm going to louisiana next month i'm flying into new orleans which is then going to make me a 4 hour drive to the to the campus that i'm working at but I'm flying into New Orleans because there's a mentor there that I want to interview for the podcast. And so I'll do the eight hour total round trip drive because it matters and it really makes a difference. It's that extra leg that just, it takes it to another level. So I can't reiterate that enough. I think in person is, is just the way to go. I think the other side of what I like about your story is people are willing to meet. They want to connect. You're not, you're not just you're not saying, can I pick your brain? You're not saying, can I sell to you? You're being transparent about, we're just looking at, we're in town. We're looking to share who we are and what we do. Is that consistently your experience? Is that, that, I mean, Denver is a great story of 40. That's been it for you guys going into these towns. You get a lot of people to meet. That
0: that has, that has definitely been the norm. And that was the shocking part um, of just realizing, you know, there's a, if you're in the the venture capital world too, I mean, I talk to folks that are involved in that field and, and they all recommend the same thing. They're like, don't raise money in your hometown. Pitch pitch in your hometown for practice, but raise money elsewhere. There's always an extra added effort, there's an extra appeal, there's an extra just you just feel, you know, you're the stranger from a from a from afar that has this new offer that they don't know about. Mm. When you go to your hometown they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, cool. You went to the same neighborhood as me. Yeah, yeah, I already know you, right?" But when you go away, you have interest. And it's the same thing. when you, There's such an appeal when you can say, oh, I'm, I'm out of D.C., but I'm meeting you in New York. Or I'm out of D.C., but I'm meeting you in Colorado. And I, you know, I've, I've come out here to meet with you. And I want to spend my time, which I could spend in the Rockies having a great time. I would much rather sit in a coffee shop and hang out with you. Yeah. What a value prop. Person's going, whoa, my own mother doesn't tell me that. <laughs> right? She's <laughs> like, ah, I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. But you get that from, like, my own friends don't want to do that. But this person who came out you know, hundreds of miles away is willing to spend time with me. And then the bigger part of this is when you have that chance to meet, don't turn it to a sales pitch. Be a good listener. Mm-hmm. Just embrace this new person. And it's fun. The things you learn, the people you meet is just incredible, right? And it makes you smarter. Yeah. Become much more aware of what's going on.
1: What is your, your process after a meeting like that? How do you... How do, you, how do you keep in touch with those individuals? What's your next... Again, you don't have to lay out your entire sales mind. strategy. It, it, it's um, not but, a strategy. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. basic
0: relationship building one-on-one, right? right? Uh, I mean, a good CRM is great. I know that... What do they say? The, the maximum capacity of friends in your network is 500 or some magic number like that. So you do have to have, use technology to its advantage. But I think the benefit of having LinkedIn as your lead generator is that they're then in your network. Mm-hmm. So when you post... Now you're passively sending that message out there. They can engage with you. They can re see. And I've gotten calls, you know, six months later, like, you know, I saw the post on LinkedIn. I had to reach out. I remember we had such a great experience in person and I'm I'm coming back now and I'm I'm reengaging. Mm-hmm. What do you have? Right? I mean, to expect to close in sixty sixty days or thirty days or whatever your standard rate is, not true. I mean, these are relationships that take, especially for professional service that we're in. Long term, long term. So mm-hmm. it's built over a year, if not. Do you more.
1: try to? Do you try to? uh You got a question? Go ahead. Or you want to add something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you tell the
0: story of the whole one ninth like paper stuff for us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was out of the blue. All right, I'll just
1: <laughs> go right
0: ahead. Uh, so this was uh just a random reach out. We said, well. You know, core to our strategy is being represented in many different cities in whatever way we can through partners or actual employees. It just grows our market reach, uh, and we have local on the on the ground people, so we can make you know from a cost perspective, it can be a lot. You cut out a lot of travel, it makes sense. So uh, we 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 were reaching out in L.A. We thought, what a great place to go. Let's go to L.A. and try to meet meet different people. And for the most part, we were turned down. They're like, ah, we're already a production company. It's a competition, et cetera. And then one group called One Ninth reached out, and they said, sure, come meet us. So we drove to El Segundo, to their office, and this guy comes out dressed in this Fox costume, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And he's like, are you Shane and Celine? He's like, yeah. He's like, get in here. Didn't even introduce himself. He's like, get in here. And we pulled us in the office. There's three other guys in there, and they're all dressed up in animal costumes, and they give us this giant group hug, and they're like, we saw your website with the superheroes. This is, <laughs> this is effing awesome. Like We love it. Yeah. Like, we just did this for another client. Look at these costumes. And they're like messing around in the office, and we got along so great with these guys that, uh, yeah, now we have a, a partnership out there, and we took all these funny Polaroids, and it was, it was, it was great. And, That's it, and a- it's, it's led to business opportunities. We've had a great friendship. Every yeah. time we get out there, we go see them. It's, well, it's at
1: some great. level, you know, you know, cause even I think this, this, this does tie into everything we're talking about, because when you're doing these connections, you're not putting on a face, you're not trying to be somebody you're not, when, oh, you, totally. decide, when you decide to do the superhero thing years ago, that was, it was, it was fun for you. It wasn't like, let's just come up with this creative way to stand out. Like this is fun <laughs> and natural for you. So when you meet, when, when those folks see that and they, they recognize that you, they're, they're your kind of people and you're their kind of people, like you said, with that story, I'm sure 50% of that conference, maybe, I'm sure it was less than that, but maybe a good portion of that conference didn't like it and they weren't your kind of people. But there's a cool um, Conan O'Brien, I he, one of his podcasts, uh, the, uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I love that podcast. Mm. And on it, he was talking to one guest. I've heard of the guest was, but he says, if nobody hates you, then nobody loves you. That's right. And, and it's not saying go polarize the world and make people hate you, but it is saying take a stance for who you are, take a stance for what you believe in, be yourself, have some humanity, especially when you're building relationships like this. You don't want to build a relationship with some you know blue chip company because it'd be a great contract. And in the end of the day, you hate every minute of it. You don't enjoy it. It's not fun for you. I have a friend who... Uh, started a gym out in delaware, and he he was doing personal training on his own with athletes for a long time and that's what he wants to do is to train athletes and he buy he leases this gym space for it and as soon as he leases the gym space, you have a moment of like i gotta I got to pay this rent now. Like I have to cover the overhead. And so there was a local, the guy who owned the gym before him, he bought an old gym. All his clients were people 50 plus. And, and he says, you know, you should retain my clients. That'd be great business for you. They're looking for trainers. And, and so my friend calls me and says, here's the, here's the conundrum I'm in. I want to work with athletes. That's been my mission. I'm going to design this whole gym for athletes, but but in order to keep this business, apparently I should be doing 50 plus stuff. And I said, "Do you want to do the 50 plus stuff?" He said, "Absolutely not." And I said, "If you are going to do something you don't want to do, you might as well go get a job. But if you're going to start your own business, if you're going to create this this mission, then do it and find a way to do it and don't don't to pretend to be something you're not. That doesn't mean you know he has found adult clients to help with the business, but mm-hmm. they fit they they see themselves as like they want to do the training their kids doing. That's they right. want to train That's like right. they're an elite football player, and so it's it's finding that person that wants to fit that. And so when you stand for something, you'll find that this partnership seemed out of nowhere to you, and then you realize, well, they they've connected with us on a human level, and there's there's some, so again, this is my biggest challenge. I shouldn't say my biggest challenge, but my biggest nuance with all of this is when people watch the Ted talk. Or I explain the idea there, you know, they're in my audience at a keynote and they'll kind of come up and say like, so is this about networking? Is this about, you know, doing stuff you don't want to do? And it's like, no. And yes, I shared some stories as you have the Coast Guard story. Yes. I shared stories how this led to that, but that's not the reason you do it because then you're chasing something instead of just genuinely organically connecting with people and you're trying to you're then trying to when you go to that event you're pulling back the superhero costume because wow well, some people aren't gonna like it instead of just showing up as you are and so it's a nuance i haven't refined or maybe that's as refined as it gets explaining explaining to people the nudge to say just do this and see where it takes you
0: there was a a journalist a really famous journalist that um he, he said this a lot, and he said all his subjects would always say, well, well, I'm not interesting. So I'm not interesting to talk to. You know, I don't want to talk to others because I'm not, you know, I don't have anything to say. I don't travel, blah, blah. And he said, You know, the funny part is if you dig hard enough, 99% of the people that you talk to are interesting. And the 1% are interesting because they're not interesting, right? <laughs> right? You're wondering why, yeah. right? Like that's an obscure story. So the, everyone has something to talk about, and you just have to listen. And you don't have to go in with an agenda. You'd be surprised by the more you listen, the more you learn. And if you, my, my agenda always when I, when I go to meet with someone is, is not from a business perspective, it's from a learning perspective. What can I learn about myself that they learn through their life? Uh, or what can I learn from a you know, tactical basis? What can I use tomorrow? Uh, or, or what could I teach them if they're at a different level than me? Maybe they're much junior than I am, right? So I could teach them something. Well, what a great gift I can give, right? Or if they're much senior, well, you have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Say, what? Well, Everyone wants to, you know, look at their life in a in a retrospect in some way. There's some nostalgia to that. Right? It's fun to explore it. It's great. You have to ask yourself, and I say this to a lot of video production people in this industry of why are you doing what you're doing? And I it's such a basic level question that <laughs> Celine would hammer on me every single day. She'd go, "Why are you doing this? Who do we want to serve? Why are we serving them?" And after 2 years of that constant grind, you're, you're you're like okay. You start to figure out your purpose of why you're doing what you're doing, and if it's if it's just to make money, well, you're dead before you started. You know, go 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 to Wall Street, go be a banker, go do something else if you just want to make money. That's silly. You know, in our industry, you're not you're not there to grow a mass fortune. You can for sure, but that's that's not why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and you have to really nail down what is that core value. And once you find your why, then yeah, these these in person meetings are so genuine and so open and so transparent. And I think you, you, know, you have a great skill set at doing that as well. You're a very transparent person. And I think the more meetings you have, you realize that the more you share about yourself, the more liberated you feel. Mm-hmm. The more open you feel. And when you just say, well, I think say to... how you feel, that yeah. candor is so endearing, right? People want to, they want to be around people who, who just open themselves up.
1: I think that's true. I think you know my transparency is intentional, and not intentional in the way of other than I enjoy. I I can't stand a non-transparent conversation. Sure. I can't stand when you feel like someone's holding back or trying to put on a show. It's or, painful. Yeah, and so. I think, and and I have, I have nothing to hide. I, it's, it's, this is when you're talking with people, this is who I am. This is what I'm nervous about. This is what I'm unsure about. This is where my pitfall is. This is is what I'm awesome at. You know, and you can be okay with that too. I, when I was, I worked at um, a community college running their leadership and orientation was my first job out of college. And I had a student who was, um, from Africa, which I know is a big continent, but I don't remember what country he's from. And, uh, he's a soccer player. And I said to him, I go, I got school. You play soccer. Are you any, any good at soccer? He goes, I'm great at soccer. And I laughed. And he goes, what are you laughing about? I was like, I don't know. It just <laughs> sounded funny. And he goes, you know what I've learned since being here, which is only a few years. He goes, I've learned that in America, and this is his generalization. He goes, I've learned that in America, you, you, don't talk about what you're good at. You shy away from talking about what you're good at, but you're really confident with what you're not good at. And yep. I thought that was pretty spot on that was right to the on. point where for him to say, yeah, I'm great at soccer made me laugh and was kind of uncomfortable. And so I've, I've embraced a little of that of like, what, own what you're great at and own what you're not great at. And it, when you're doing that in conversation, especially in a business setting, people, people shy away from this idea because it's uncomfortable. Well, then make it comfortable and make it real and when you do that it does open people up not all the time i certainly will come home and my wife will say how was how was that meeting and i'll say "Ah, man like i i laid it all out there i i was fully transparent and they they still just gave me canned responses and that's okay they're not bad but i know that for me that relationship is not going to go anywhere because if i'm partnering with somebody or or we're working together i do want to know who, who, you, who are you really as a human being? So just be yourself instead of this version.
0: Our, our slogan with our agency is we create courage. And why we, why we really nailed down that is that when we thought about it at a core level, that's really what it takes to be great, for your brand to be great at marketing and advertising. And that's to tell the truth of what you're about. And that doesn't mean you have to show all your flaws. That's fine. But be transparent on, well, at least on from the strategy side, what are we great at? What are we not great at? What, are we, what, what can we actually put out there that's real? Can we show, if someone walked into our company and we took down the facade of this corporate what, what, what have you veil, could they see that in our advertising? Yes or no? And if they're not there yet, they're not having the courage to share who they are. I mean, culture is so, so important. And culture essentially, that's a big word, but it's essentially what is your organization's habit? what are the habits that you've ingrained that's what culture is it's what what i loved your example when you interviewed the guy at the ravens when he said well that's how the ravens do it well that's their culture that they've ingrained over months and years of practice that said do it this way trust me you'll have a much more fulfilled life or a much fulfilled you know skill set or etc and that's what culture is so when they say they come to these organizations and say oh we have you know bad culture etc well that just means you have bad Training and bad processes mm-hmm. that are rejecting people. It's, you, you're, you're rebuilding and retraining. You know, after 30 days of something, you start to develop a, a, a habit. Well, if they're great, you're creating great habits. Yeah, if they're bad. You're building bad habits. You're yeah. building, and that's what happens. Many bad habits builds a bad culture.
1: Yeah, that's uh, in that book, Work Rules. That I told, we were talking about earlier. Okay, the first, I'd say, third of the book is focused on hiring. And Mm -hmm. and he acknowledges in the beginning of it saying, you know, most training books, he was in training and development, talent development. He said, most training books start with the training side of things. I'm not trying to say that's not important. And hiring is your first job to make sure you're hiring people that fit your culture. It's the, he quoted the Zappos reality of, of Mm -hmm. what is it? After two weeks, they offer you two grand to leave. Uh, And if you take the money, great. Enjoy. You're, you're, you're better off wherever you're going. And if you turn down the money and say, no, I'm, I'm more into what we're building here at Zappos. We've won. We've won. Right. right? So you're, you're getting the right people on board. Um, You mentioned Harry Swain saying, you know, when the, the story was, uh, coaches would call him and say, how did you get that player to play so well? Like he was just, he was, uh, uh, his words were, he was an ogre for us. <laughs> he was just just a, a pain in the butt to work with. How did you get him to play so well? And Harry's answer was, we're, we're the Ravens. Like you come here, this is the bar. I love how he said it. He goes, we have a bar that you have to reach. We don't lower that bar for anybody. We don't say, hey, you're <laughs> such a good player. We're going to lower it so you can walk over it and be part of the team. Now that's the bar. You have to reach the bar in order to be a part of this organization. And that's, that's the end of the story.
0: But what does it take? Yeah. It takes courage. Mm-hmm. Got to toe the line. Say, no, we're not going to compromise. Doesn't matter. Doesn't
1: matter. Yeah.
0: I don't care what the new trends are. I don't care what, uh, you know, what you did before. You're going to be retrained and you're going to do this. And that's that. And that's why we win. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Do you have uh, uh, folks that look at you and say, ah, that's that's not what we want. We just want a videography firm. And, and they go elsewhere and that's the end of it? Or you, are you at such a place right now where the point of my question is you are connecting with so many of these folks that I have to believe by the time you get to uh, point of sale, people really get what you're all about.
0: We've had folks that we've worked with that have gone elsewhere and have come back. We've had people who've worked with us that have gone elsewhere, not come back, but still evangelized for us. And we've had clients we created for that never even used the content we had and went out and made a, a lower end product. And we're happy with that. Mm-hmm. In the end of the day, I'm I'm cool with all those. Yeah. As long as I know, and again, I, I it's not a selfish thing, but as long as I know that we did the best we could with the best intentions, with the budget that was there, that's never you, you've never done your client wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you do the same for your friend. Drive till the tank of gas is out, and say, "Hey, man, I can't go any farther. Yeah. You got to walk in from here." But I got you as far as I could. Yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of, right? And I live that all the time. Yeah, it's, it's just it's fair, right? if they can get better service elsewhere that tells me two things good for them they can succeed and go farther than we ever could get them or uh uh we need to we need to shape up what we're doing and have better habits better culture
1: my last question for you you oh, you already answered three or four times, but I'm going to ask it anyways, in case you got another story to share is, is, um, do you have a really good 50 cups of coffee story? So similar to the, the story you started with, you go to this, this chamber meeting and, and you meet someone that doesn't reach out for another two years, but it leads to this contract and it doesn't even have to be business related. Maybe it was something just in general, just a personal connection, um, uh, that, that you are doing so many of these in-person meetings. Is there another kind of, inspiring story you have to get people to lean into this idea of, you know what? I get it. He shared his secret sauce on LinkedIn, but I still don't want to do it. Uh, a final story to get some folks to lean into I can, that. I can give you two or three. Go ahead. So let me,
0: let me give you one that has to do with DC visionaries. So when we first started, uh, we, we never had a real office space. Uh, we were working out of my home in Rockville and then we had a co-working space in DC that was very expensive. So we went there, we were doing that for a little while and, uh, through LinkedIn again, um, random guy reached out to, to Celine. Uh, his name was Tim. And he said, Hey, uh, you know, we're a film company. We'd love to meet. So we came to our office. We gave him a tour. He said, Oh, that's cool. Uh, we talked to him for a couple of minutes. He said, Oh, my other partner's going to come. So our other partner Esteban shows up and, uh, we found out the name of this company is five o'clock films. Um, really great group of people. And, uh, after about 30 minutes in this meeting, there's this silence and I see Esteban he has his converse shoes on that signature of him and he's looking at his feet the you know for a good 10 minutes and he goes do you guys need an office space and we said yeah actually we would love to why what do you want what do you have and he goes well an accounting firm just moved into a new space and uh we have the entire floor of a building and uh yeah it'll be for free and he said we'll have it for about two years he said you want to go in with us you move in tomorrow I said what? Wow! And he's like, yeah, come on, come. So we go to Rockville. We go to this place. You could ride a bicycle around the space we had, <laughs> and and I mean, you could you could. Go, it was insane. It was it was the entire floor of a building. I don't know how many twenty thousand square feet. It was a, absurd. Like Fortune five hundred company could have this kind of space, and uh, that was us. So it was it was the two of us and the six of them in this space that could house 500 people. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we had that for two years. And that was invaluable. I mean, I am so grateful. Like, on one knee, whatever this guy wants, whatever those guys want, I would do for him. I mean, just through this, he just was very open and then invited us to our house and said, look, I'm going to be, you know, this is just the kind of person I am. And that really changed the way I looked at business, and it just changed the way of how open I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was life changing, and yeah. it changed our business for the better. Clients would come and go. How the hell do you afford this? <laughs> we're like, yeah, you know, business is good. Yeah, yeah. As we're you know not not even passing our like first two hundred thousand dollars in revenue, but right. we have this office that must cost that a month. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Uh, huge, right? Uh, what's wow. the,
1: what's the Dominican Republic story? Is that, what's that? Yeah, that's a pretty cool one. That's, yeah. that's
0: like a, you know, confluence of chance. Um, how that ended up, I, I posted one day, um, this is right after I quit the company, you know, I quit, quit with the other partner I was with, um, that got me on the Beach Boy tour. And I said, well, I just want to do something really cool, uh, for my birthday. I just, I'm turning what 23 or 24. I want to go somewhere. And a guy that I really didn't know, I, he was from our eighth grade, uh, accounting class that spoke one time i think i met him once or twice he he reaches out on facebook he says eh, you know you want to go to the dominican republic i said yeah sure he goes you want to go for free I'm like yeah he's like okay
1: take some pictures oh, and this video this is the consistency of people asking if you want it for free I, that that's the other secret sauce there. video video <laughs> video
0: has been the best currency that you could trade yeah, yeah. in the entire world and i feel like that for anybody in media if you're able to have media, and you included, you're able to have these wonderful conversations just by turning, turning whatever you have and, giving, and turning it into some kind of content, mm-hmm. right? Podcast. what a great way in. Mm-hmm. So we get this free trip to Dominican Republic, and uh, we end up, you know, we, we give the guy his content and everything, and he's happy with it. And at the end of this, well, before all that, but at the end of the trip, uh, these, these two older ladies are in our swimming pool. And it's a very strange location to have these random people just swimming in your pool, so we go out. And we're like, oh hey, this what, is at the this, the place is at, you're the, staying? at his house. So it's, it's at of, his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at his at Do his you know home. These?
1: No, at his home in the, in the Dominican Republic. Okay, but you know these older ladies? No idea just, who they are. They're just swimming in the pool. So you walk out, and there's two people you don't there's know swimming. in the Two people pool. swimming in the pool in okay, so kind of a private here you know, in residence. Okay, yeah. yeah. And
0: uh, we're like, oh well, we'll go talk to them. We start talking to them, and they're like, oh yes, we're this we're this you know missionary group from from Pittsburgh. And I'm like, oh, I'm from Pennsylvania too. Oh, tell me all about it. We have this great conversation. They're like, yeah, well, uh, we also need, uh, we're looking for people who do video to help tell the story of what we're doing here. And I'm like, oh, you don't say. So we start talking to them more, and they said, well, why don't you come back with us next year? We're this traveling group of missionaries, and we help, you know, take care of, um, we give medicine and water filters to these uh, individuals in the Dominican Republic. They so said, this is a great story. You know, obviously, we just start our business. We have nothing going on. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, what a break. This is amazing. So... Flash forward a year later, they pay for a trip. We go to the Dominican Republic. Uh, we start filming. And then again, you just start meeting more people. They're like, oh, do you want to meet the owner of the water filter factory? We go, okay, sure. So we drive halfway across the island, meet these people. Here we realize that uh, they are in this incredible state where they have to leave the Dominican Republic. They're suing the Dominican government for millions of dollars. Dominican government did some very interesting things with their property lines and borders, seized some of their assets. It was the largest private a uh, lawsuit against the Dominican Republic that's ever existed. We were there at the time of the crisis interviewed and filmed all of this content. So we have this documentary that's brewing. Right. And, uh, now they're eight years later. I think they're just wrapping up the, or starting to wrap up the case here. So we'll, we'll have this follow on documentary from this that we're going to release man later down the road. And it all just came from just being so open and trustworthy to just start talking to people.
1: So here's my question because at some level I do think, you know, there's going to be people listening to this that are inspired by this. And I think there's going to be some people that are like, screw this guy. Everything (laughs) he touches is gold. And he meets two women are just swimming in his pool. and, And that leads to this thing. He's meeting this guy in Bethesda who sends him on tour with the beach boys. Is that how every interaction is? Do you have, do you have horror stories? Do you have, maybe not horror stories, but do you have moments that like you are this, I'm talking to anybody kind of guy. Do you have moments where it goes nowhere
0: Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I think you have many that don't that don't go anywhere. But I think as you talk to more people, you start to be very attuned with who's who's really full of it, who's telling the truth, and who is someone that genuinely believes what they believe. And I think when you get to the point where you're open and transparent, you you naturally start to attract the other open and transparent people, mm-hmm. and your your ears become a little more attuned to who you want to talk to and who and why you want to talk to them. And when you're very, I found that what has changed and is, has given me more of a golden touch is that I am very clear when I ask what I want from someone. And it's not in a rude way, the saying, you got to do this for me. But I I have found that when I just ask, I'm like, I want to go on this, or I want to do this trip, or I want uh, this person to work with me, or etc. It will happen because you're making a very clear statement. This is what I want. This is why I need it. This is my clear intention. Mm -hmm. Nothing else to it. Yes or no. See I think
1: it leads to the, the two years down the road interactions too. I think there's any time, the more I do this podcast, the more I'm meeting a lot of people that the story they tell is nothing happened. Then two years later, they called me back and it created this great thing. I think of our interaction, you and I saw each other for the first time in eight years in line at the post office <laughs> right. and, and we get coffee afterward. You describe what you do. And the first thing I said to you is this sounds awesome. I could see using this down the road. And right now, not a chance. Like it's just not gonna happen. It's not a good fit right now, and and then I reached out six months later when the situation changed. Say you know what, it might be a good fit. Let's figure it out. It wasn't another probably three four months until we talk in person. And even now, as we talk in person, we're building out. Okay, what's the timeline of this making sense? And and I share that to say when you are so clear on what you do, you're not just trying to get the business. You're not just trying to get the relationship at all costs. You do create a moment for people to say, you know what, like. Maybe this isn't a good fit right now, but it might be down the road. Business or relationship-wise, friendship-wise, you name it. Yeah. And but that's that goes back to that transparency, to that clarity, to that just sense of, you know, this is this is who I am and what I bring to the world. I, having the courage to do that, unapologetically bringing that to the world.
0: I I just there there's a great guy who was a, a part of our a fraternity from a Baldwin Wallace university and, a, and his quote, his what name is university? Baldwin Wallace. Oh, okay. Is, uh, is, is I thought name. you
1: made up a fake. I thought you said ball in the wall. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Baldwin Wallace. Yep. University. Okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> and uh, he, uh, his name is Sean Upchurch and his quote always was be deliberate. And I always looked at that and I said, you know, that's what does that mean? You know, in, in college I was always like, what is it, what is he talking about? Be deliberate. And he's like deliberate conversations, deliberate actions in life, have a purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. And, if it's a purpose that's always improving someone else's life, you're being deliberate with your life. You're moving mm-hmm. something forward. And that's what's going to stir up all of that. I mean, we've got crazy things that have happened. Like I got to interview Clint Eastwood. That was amazing. We met through other friends to go on all of these different music venues where we meet these celebrities all the time. And it's celebrity chefs, you name it. It's great. Yeah, and It's just because we're deliberate. We're saying, look, man, I want to talk to famous people. I want to elevate myself and move from where i'm at today to be at their level tomorrow and then beyond their level the next day but to get there not through a cutthroat way but through an added value way
1: I, did I, you have, I, every yeah. time i like when you walk over this is good what else you got the whole peru story
0: oh my goodness there's just i'm just telling you the 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 I'm telling you, the you title to, of this is yes. going to
1: be "Stories with Shane and Celine." <laughs> Shane tells the stories; you give the ideas. This is good. <laughs> the funniest
0: part is that, like, our combined goal in life is one of our favorite movies is Forrest Gump. For the fact of one it's, I mean, it's a great movie, but just I've wanted to live my life very similar to Forrest Gump. I come like, from a very small town in Pennsylvania. You know, it's, it's like, hey, we got out of there. I mean, community is amazing, but there's just so much more to the world that I wanted to see and. When I watch Forrest Gump, I'm like, that's what I want. I want to look back and be in all these pictures and be part of like the world as it turned and be that person. And just how do you do it the same way Forrest Gump did it? He would just fall into these things through chance because he would, you know, dumbstruckly fall into these conversations and then just end up in the insanity. But then instead of panicking, have that ability to be loose and just say, sure, I'm here.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know it's fiction, but. I'm trying to make it not fiction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same with the Peru story. I know Celine wants me to tell us one. Tell so. it. Oh man. Okay. We so, could so go for three hours. All you right. Tell, all right. You tell your, you need a good editor. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: The do now Just, the, right? is this is your strategy. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we got it for short clips. We got it. So again,
0: we, we had a random connection. Uh, we reached out online. There was a group that was doing a, a, a retreat about the environment Uh, up in new hampshire and i couldn't go on this one but celine said she wanted to go she has a background in working for the nature conservancy and environmental groups and um i said okay why don't you do it it'll be really fun and it was about media and storytelling for the environment so she goes up to new hampshire uh does her week retreat comes back and is like oh my god i've met the best people right And i'm like okay so who did you meet who did you meet and uh, she said, there's this wonderful Indian girl named Pooja. She's so cool, but she's going back to India. And we just got to stay in contact. So we stay in contact. And again, a year later, we, we run into uh, her online. And she goes, hey, uh, I'm going to be in the Peruvian Amazon. I'm with this amazing environmental group. And they need storytelling. I'm teaching media workshops with you know, young individuals. Uh, but I need you to come in and really do some high-end storytelling. We're like, that sounds amazing. So booked our ticket. This is all on our you know, own dollar to get there, and then we found out that you know, the organization would cover everything, but we were like, who cares? We just want to go, so we, we got into Peru, um, went all the way down to the Amazon and followed monkeys and told this great story for two weeks in the Amazon, and it was the most enlightening experience to be with actual researchers who knew what they were talking about, and then seeing firsthand, I mean, this is when the Amazon was on fire, so to be relevant, to be, okay, I can participate in conversations now about the... Amazon because I was there, um, it was incredible. Uh, and then we came back and we've we've just spoke at a video show about our adventures down there, what we learned. That's turned into opportunities with large brands. Canon offering to give us free equipment. Uh, this lighting company to give us free equipment. And it's like this giving of not going there with an agenda to make money off of this group. Which then it ended up they they would give us money. Then these other brands would give us money. People would give you opportunity. I found that most of our free work or our done with heart work has created more opportunity than the, for
1: money work. I like how you said that done with heart work, because it's not, you know, especially when you're running a business, you know, certainly when I started my business, I spoke for free wherever I could. I was just trying to get out there. And at some level you do, you do have to charge for what you do. It is a business. But when you say it's done for heart work, there's certainly still some groups that we work with that, um, that we work with because we love and appreciate what they're doing and we support their mission. We support their initiative so that it's not anytime Ryan comes to me or I come to him with an idea of saying, you know what? Like here's this group. They don't, they don't have any money. They don't have any budget, but we could really serve them. The first question I ask is you're excited about it now. When the event comes, and you got to fly to that event, and you're leaving home, and you're leaving your kids, and you're on the road, and you're putting in the work, and you've just been on the road for two, three weeks, are you still going to be excited Have the that bigger you agreed for it. to serve <laughs> this group? And sometimes the answer is no. That's and right. S- and sometimes the answer is yes, though. Of absolutely. And when that comes, I found myself in a moment like that recently, right before the holidays, like before Thanksgiving, and... and complaining in my own mind and head about how tired I was that I was gonna have to go to something else and I thought no 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 don't like it's this kind of again you know you don't have to you get to but you do like flip the switch and say I decided to do this because I know I'm gonna lose myself in it it's gonna be great it's gonna be fantastic and this group Mm -hmm. deserves the work that we have to bring to them Mm -hmm. and 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 yes in your instance it led to something more it doesn't always and it can and so just go into it it's from the heart work that's really good for I'm sure that
0: and and i can say for sure we've we've done many events that we put in a lot of time for and said oh man Whew, i don't know if we could do that one again mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but then something comes from it right something that's out of the blue absurd comes from it or not and you know that you can go to bed at night saying we we did our
1: best yeah from the outside looking in, you started this hugely successful business right away. And and from a place of of you were working, you had clients, you were doing your thing. And so because you and I, because you had made my early, early stage demo video, people would always ask me like, hey, you, you know what's up with Shane? What's he doing? And I, I always, I was like, I don't know, but I think he just <laughs> dropped out and started his business. It's working out for him. And uh, so it's cool to know kind of the stuff behind the stuff there, because that's a really cool uh, thing. An awesome journey cool story to be able to
0: i can say that n- most and this is true i think for m- many entrepreneurs not all of them is that they all the overnight successes all the overnight successes took a very long time to get there mm-hmm. uh, and i don't consider myself by any means an overnight success hopefully short clips will be and be very impactful for many people's lives but i i just feel that you <laughs> there's a lot of tears and pain and sweat to get to these points and the it, the entrepreneur environment is a rough one Mm -hmm. and it's hard and there's a lot of times where you question yourself where you look in the mirror and you go man i should quit this is too hard i see people doing nine to fives and man they get to go with their friends they get to have a good time it's the best thing ever right and they don't have to worry about taxes and all this crap and then you realize whoa but you're doing it for yourself you're doing it for yourself you're saying i can do this i'm gonna persevere i'm gonna have all these stories to tell i'm gonna get all these crazy travel things to happen um and you're just going to live this such full life, right? But it goes back to our main core principle, which is you've got to have the courage to just step up and do it. And you don't have to be the David versus Goliath level courage. You just have to say, you know, I'm I'm comfortable with doing something a little different today that broke up my routine. I'm comfortable taking one of my 50 cups of coffee. Yeah,
1: yeah. And just doing it. Um, you've talked about the kind of... So you're, you're traveling the country. You're building these networks. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's certainly clients, but it's also people that do the work you do, most definitely. which, which, uh, reminded me. So, uh, you, you and, uh, Celine are creating this short clips, uh, software, right? Is it a software? Is it a platform? Talk about that. Cause that, when you were talking to me about it earlier, that's the first thing. I, I mean, it is these networks around the country.
0: So let me just take a step back to explain why we started it and then get into what it actually yeah. is. So, well, what it is short clips is essentially, it's a marketplace similar to Uber where you can source a creative talent, on the web, right? So, the biggest challenge that businesses have right now is one, the content demand has never been greater. Companies need to regularly create great stories. And it just happens that video is starting to grow. Uh, it, it once was imagery, or it once was blog posts, where it was, oh, we need more written content. Well, that's saturated. It's now, it was into imagery. You know, we went from clip art to very high end custom imagery. And now it's peaked into the video side of it. And we realize that video is incredibly engaging. But companies aren't set to create videos. They're not built that way. Uh, They usually don't have great solutions for it. And this is from small to enterprise. There's all kind of uh, issues there. So we said, why don't we just make a platform that helps these brands easily source great talent, uh, do the project management, and handle all the financing and accounting all in one place? So it's just a click, and you can get the right talent you need to tell your story. And then we tried it. We did a quick MVP uh, in d c it returned its investment in a few weeks, and we said, Oh my gosh, okay, this is a great business idea we We have to explore this. We then found out that there there were other competitors, one that went out to raise fifty million dollars, a few more that raised some more money, which validated the idea even farther uh and we and we realized what what could we do to create something that could scale beyond the service business that we were in. So our agency, how you scale an agency, you win more work, you hire more people, you win more work, you hire more people. It's an endless cycle. We've interviewed many agency owners that have gone up to 200 people and then have scaled to 10, right? And we said, ah, God, when you look at the, your, your, your future self, you go, oh, we need to do something bigger. But then we also tapped into our core belief, which is what we were talking about earlier, which is what do we want to do? We want to create jobs. We want to create happiness. We want to create fulfillment. We want to create opportunity. So we said, why don't we just create a marketplace that we can create all these jobs, and that's what we've built. So, so short clips, essentially. Now, there's, there's, uh, we have a couple hundred editors in waiting. Um, you know, right now it's launching in version two in, in early January, and uh, our goal is to create a, a million jobs. We want a million creative opportunities. So, a million, a million gigs. If we can get to a million gigs served wow, we've really impacted the creative market and we've helped brands tell their story better and we've, cre- and we've helped creatives make money mm-hmm. and and do what they actually love, which is, I love the Jim story because it's so true. There's so many creative people who start a business to be free to create and they become business owners and accountants and project managers and they never do what they actually set out to do. Mm-hmm. It's the e-myth all over. If you've read the book, the e-myth, it's, it's, it's exactly that. The baker ends up not baking. You're going, what the hell is that? <laughs> But then you talk and I don't want to ramble here, but you talk we we did a shoot with eBay and eBay mentioned a lot about this this pseudo entrepreneur, this micro entrepreneur, where all the most people don't want to be entrepreneurs, but they want to be like sub entrepreneurs. They'll they'll everyone's entrepreneurial at heart and they have that entrepreneurial spirit, but they just need help or they need that partner to help do fulfillment for them. Either hand over the take care of the money side, take care of the shipping side, take care of the talent issue. One of those points. And then they can focus in on their niche.
1: That's and what they mean by the sub-entrepreneur?
0: I don't, I, I don't remember the exact term, but it's, yeah, it's, it's like the, and it's not a entrepreneur. It's, it's none of those negative words. It's just think about an Uber driver. There's plenty of people who want to be Uber drivers that are doing entrepreneurship to survive, to pay their rent, right? But if you actually said, do you want to open a cab company? I bet 99% would say, hell no. Mm-hmm. So I see so many markets moving towards that style. To supplement people's independence and freedom so they can be free to do what they want but just take care of the, the jobs they don't want to do
1: So how do people find you How do they, how do they reach out to you guys? A lot of ways I mean we do a lot of, a lot of
0: inbound marketing you can find us on uh, again LinkedIn is, is my hotspot. I just I love that platform. I think it's a gold mine right now uh, and then just emails go right to our website say hey, I want to know about marketing yeah. I, wanna, I just want to talk? What's your website? dcviz.com so dcviz.com and uh earlier next year
1: shortclips.com awesome yeah probably by so yeah you, you said january right so that's right by mid january we, we put this out there it'll be out there for people to find us. and search uh Celine, what do you got short
0: clips with a K. oh yeah make sure it's spelled right. short k-l-i-p-s so short clips okay Got to awesome. be techy and change it, so you know.
1: Uh, I can't thank you enough for sitting down to do this conversation. Like I said, I, this is this is definitely uh, part part one of, of 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 fifty cups of coffee with Shane and Celine. Uh, anything you want to make sure we, we add or say before we sign off? Yeah, I think you did great, both of you. Awesome, cool. Celine liked it, so if you don't, then uh, whatever. Uh, Teach your own. Our right? audience of one enjoyed it. This is great. <laughs> Teach their own. Yep. Some are gonna love you. Some are gonna hate you. Uh, anything else you want to say before we sign off?
0: Yeah, actually, I, I do want to say one last thing, and this is my, my ode to everyone. Uh, go out there and have courage with who you are and own who you are. The transparency and honesty is going to carry you so much farther than any amount of wealth uh, or self-prestige uh, that you can think of. Go out there and just be who you are and do it incrementally. It's not a flip the switch, change overnight It's how can you change a simple habit that you're not happy with day in and day out? And how can you continue to do that 1% increase every single day? Because it's a compounding effect. The 1% turns to 2 to 4 to 8. And it it does happen. Um, And be very clear with what you want. I've said this many times. And this comes from this marketing. Cool. But just in your general life, be clear with what you want to achieve and why you want to achieve it. And always have the intention of how can I achieve what I want? Through serving others. And if you look at that every single day of, uh, Celine and I do a a funny thing before we go to bed. We say, what are three things we're proud of today? What are three things that we're grateful for today? And what are three things that we we can do better? And we do this little nine exercise. And I know it sounds hokey, game changer. Made our relationship better, made our business better, made our our self-worth and self-esteem better didn't help my waistline <laughs> but it helped everything else <laughs> and and uh, you know that's that's I, I just I, I can't stress that enough yeah and constantly find that gratitude that point of gratitude every day and, and create others create others that feel the same way about you that you're giving them such value and they yeah. gratitude
1: amen that's all thank you thank, thank you Shane. Bobby Thank, thank you. you Celine this is awesome
0: <laughs> all right cool to the next cup
1: to the next. Thank you for listening to the 50 Cups of Coffee podcast. This is a journey that started with a TEDx talk back in 2016, and I am excited to share my 50 Cups of Coffee with you in 2020. If you are enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you are listening. We will drop a new interview every Monday. Please give us a rating and leave a review if you are so inclined. It means more to us than you know. And connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Bobby Audley. This podcast is a production of the Pinot Training Group, and our theme music is by Matisse Soy. To learn more about the work we do with teams and organizations, please check us out at pinotraininggroup.com.